you certainly, I think also when you think about mental health in general, when you think about um, it, it, the significant issues that have been caused by this entire COVID situation and lockdown and that, right. I mean, you, you, you add that into the, into the mix as well with this already layering levels of stress. That's surely going to be the tipping point for a lot of people, I think. I, I think in a good way, COVID has helped bring the stress to the surface because now mm. we are beyond breaking point. Yeah. So before COVID, I was hearing people talking about, I have seriously considered quitting. Mm. Now I'm, I'm hearing people talking about, I am going to quit. I'm just looking to pick the right time. Right, yeah. Um, when they quit, who replaces them? Mm. Uh, and, and the most frightening thing about, the most frustrating thing about mental health is, it's ex- and stress, which is not mental health, but it can become it. Right. It's extremely easy to manage. Its payoff is enormous, and it doesn't cost you a dime mm. to do. Mm. Mm. And I think fundamentally, I think you touched on this earlier as well, it's actually much better for the organization's security to actually put better measures in place to help and support the CISO to being more effective. Like even from a mental health perspective, that makes a huge amount of sense because otherwise you're constantly in this place of survival rather than actually kind of think of different and innovative and different ways you can help keep the organization secure. It's really important that you've got the right mental state of mind to be effective in that role, right? Well, it's, it's mental health is now becoming a, 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 an organizational risk because you just think yeah. about the process of stress. Yeah. So chronic stress creates cortisol in your body. So getting down to the scientific, the, 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 um, the, the neurochemistry of, uh, you know, of your brain, chronic stress negatively impacts uh, all cognitive functions, decision-making, attention, mm. focus, uh, memory, um, uh, engagement. Mm. Um, and when, 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 when chronic stress becomes burnout, because burnout becomes mental checkout, mm. that has to create security risks. I hear so many security professionals say to me, I just don't care anymore. I don't care mm. about all the alerts. Mm. I'm going to do what I can do. I'll manage what I can manage. So you can imagine the number of threats that are getting through and the tsunami of threats, particularly with COVID, that are getting through to a security team, maybe half of whom are saying, I just don't care. I gave it my best. I'm not getting the support I need. I'm mentally checked out. I'm now in my own personal survival mode. So their mental health risks now become your organizational security risks. And there should be no excuse or reason because you can manage it. You can deal with it before it becomes, you know, what I call a stress fracture. So in practical terms, you know, what, what can organizations do to support them? I mean, I mean uh, you, you know, obviously they can support them by believing there's a problem and investing and understanding and, and treat, taking it seriously. Obviously, that's going to make them feel like their job is, uh, is valued. It's going to make them feel like they're actually doing something that the company believes in. And that's great. But, but yeah. also just from like that counseling and that support perspective i mean like what else can what other practical measures can organizations take to try and stop this becoming a bigger problem than it already is i mean what other tips could you get could you offer well the first thing is we've got to wean Caesars off the excuse or not necessarily an excuse but the belief Mm -hmm. that look if my security team have mental health problems they'll tell me no they won't and i hear from them all the time if someone mm. is struggling from chronic stress to the point that it's burnout, the last thing they will do is tell their boss in case they get fired, they right. look weak and incompetent, they sound like they're making excuses and they've checked yeah. out. I have one guy who's dealing with depression who says, I know they, now that they know I'm struggling with depression, they're treating me differently because they're not sending me to the same training. They're right. not paying for the same certifications. <laughs> and I know in the heads they're thinking, 
he's not going to be with us for long, so why invest in him? Um, so the, as for strategies, we, we have to change the minds of CISOs. We huh. really have to get them to recognize it, not just as a personal and ethical and moral obligation, but as a, as a, a structural security solution that's not going to impact your budget at all. But starting with the CISO, they yeah. have to admit to themselves that, you know, stress is not a weakness or a failure. Recognizing it is actually a strength and they need to do something about it. It's, you know, it's like, you know, put on your own oxygen mask before you put on the one next to you. <laughs> yeah. Take care of yourself, admit it to yourself, figure out what's, and, and this opens up an entire conversation of the difference between stressors and stress. There is no stress in security. There are, a, there are dozens of stressors. It's how you deal with them, how you mm. process them that creates the stress. If you learn how to process them, you can go into your job every day and go, saying, everything is going to wash straight over me. I'm not going to eat myself alive because of the way I deal with what's unavoidable. Yeah. I think this also ties very deeply into that problem of imposter syndrome that I know a huge amount of CISOs and executives... <laughs> Me included, we, we all suffer from, right? Like, you know, and, and I think that that ties really, really closely into that as well. I think we need to admit to ourselves that, like, nobody's perfect. You can't know everything. You can't do everything. It's not practical that that's the case. Things will go wrong from time to time, and it isn't because it, 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 and it's an illusion to think that everybody knows what they're doing because they don't, right? And no. I think we need to talk no. openly about that in the executive communities as well to be effective. <laughs> we are all inadequate. We have to, if we start from there, and again, going back in history, when I was in my mid-twenties, I was, I was starting to be a dressmaker, not a code maker. I, I bid on and won the first ever contract to encrypt the entire Irish national ATM network. So I was going to encrypt an ATM network. I knew nothing about encryption. I knew nothing about ATM networks. I was absolutely an imposter, and I struggled with chronic stress for months before I won and after I won, wondering... When are they going to figure it out? When is this <laughs> thing going to fall apart and fail and I'm going to end up in handcuffs? It never happened. Everything went smoothly. And I've seen that cycle over four decades. It's never, ever worth worrying about being caught out because, mm. like mm. I said, we are all inadequate. We all fess up to that. Uh, it yeah. it, can, it takes a sting out of that imposter.